First today, a warning before you listen. This episode contains descriptions of physical, verbal and violent sexual abuse. Over the last few weeks, a courtroom in Virginia has become the focal point for celebrity gossip, for tantalising insight into the messy lives lived by those who are among the most adored on the planet. Outside the courtroom, dozens of fans wait, desperate to catch a glimpse of their favourite actor, Johnny Depp. They hold placards and cheer as he drives by, waving from his blacked-out car. A meaningless encounter, you might think, but packed with significance for those who are there. Then, the jubilant mood sours as Johnny Depp's ex-wife, Amber Heard, makes her way past the fans. Amber is facing the wrath of Depp's fans, who booed her as she left the courtroom in Virginia. Inside, the cameras have started rolling, ready to stream proceedings minute by minute to an audience around the world. It's a civil trial of Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard that begins in a Virginia courtroom. Court TV cameras are going to be there for the whole thing. Is this all the performance of a lifetime? In any event, it is astonishing that a defamation lawsuit centred around domestic abuse claims has become such a spectacle. What does it tell us about our addiction to true crime playing out in real time as a reality TV show? And indeed, our compulsion to choose a side? They'd see him as perfect and as and having done absolutely nothing wrong, so there's no argument at all. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Callum MacDonald. Today, Depp versus Heard. Celebrities, their fans and a toxic trial. Everyone knows who Johnny Depp is. He's a household name around the world. Say hello to, arguably, another household name around the world, Kieran Southern, who reports for The Times from Los Angeles. He's been covering the Depp versus her defamation case. Like hundreds of thousands of people around the world, he's been watching live streams, clips, and unpicking the testimony as it happens. It goes without saying, then, that this trial involves one of the best-known actors of modern times. He's been around for so long, almost four decades. I think in terms of acclaim and box office success, he's right up there with the DiCaprios, the Pitts. Even if you're not a film fan, I'd be amazed if people haven't seen at least one Johnny Depp movie. So the nineties in particular, he had this indie fame, that kind of like grunge where there was the corners. Our other guy today is Jonathan Dean, who's a senior writer at Sunday Times Culture. He was in very cool indie films. I'm repeating the word cool a lot, but that's kind of what he was. He was a beautiful man with this kind of edge. There was just this idea that there was nobody more desirable and like sort of the way that he looked and the women who he was with who were beautiful and also like him I really want to find a a new word but cool What is it about him do you think that made him so profitable and so marketable and to build such a huge fan base as he has He had such a charm, people liked him, he he was a great actor I think that's often missed with people like Johnny Depp and Brad Pitt who have got these film star good looks 
but it, he's a fantastic actor. So I think he had that broad appeal. It was the, the pilot of the Caribbean franchise really put him in, in the stratosphere. He was obviously acclaimed and well-known before that, but that, that franchise, Captain Jack Sparrow, really put him in the, the very top, top 1% even in, in Hollywood. So then we get to Amber Heard, and it is worth considering who she is in terms of, in her own right, in her own um, stardom, I suppose. Put her into context for us. She stars in the Aquaman films, but even now, I mean, if you speak to most people to name an Amber Heard film, and I'm guessing a lot of people may struggle. Yeah, she is nowhere near the sort of fame and, and fortune of Johnny Depp. During the trial, Amber gave some personal background. She said she was from working-class roots in, in a town that no-one's ever heard of in Texas. She had this really hard-scrabble upbringing. Her dad used to break horses for a living. He'd paint houses. But she you know, she told she was really determined to, to get out of that life and get to Hollywood. She eventually did. She was in a film called All the Boys Love Mandy Lane, which was a really accomplished horror movie back in sort of like the mid-noughties. The Danish girl. She was being picked for good roles because she is a good actress and she's in Justice League, which is a huge film. They first met while she was auditioning for a part in The Rum Diary, which was a 2011 film. And they both said, you know, it was just instant. The chemistry was instant. And then that, that later developed into a, a sort of whirlwind romance. Paired herself as compared to Humphrey Bogart and um, Lauren Bacall, the older Hollywood star and, and the younger up-and-coming actress. You know, they both said they were hopelessly, madly in love with each other. Depp and Heard got married in 2015, but it was hardly smooth sailing. They were signed before all of this really kicked into to high gear that perhaps all wasn't as happy and as idyllic as it seemed. Yeah, you're right. I just woke up and you were so sweet and nice. We were not even fighting this morning. All I did was say sorry. Did something happen to you this morning? I don't think so. Videos come out of Depp of smashing up a room and then, of course, the the divorce got finalised and they released a, a joint statement sort of saying, you know, no one went into this marriage intending to physically harm or emotionally harm, harm the other. So then we get to the, the libel trial involving the Sun newspaper as well, which was in 2020. I think it's worth us just getting an idea from you, Kieran, of what that was all about, um, what happened during it and, and how it concluded. Just a sort of quick summary for us. Yeah, so the Sun newspaper in a column talking about Depp's role in the Fantastic Beasts franchise called him a wife beater. This was an allegation that surfaced from here that... Depp had been abusive. Depp took exception to this. He sued the Sun in London. And then we had that really high-profile trial over the summer of 2020. Lots of competing narratives, lots of salacious details. Depp even admitted he cut his finger in a drunken rampage and used the bloody tip to scrawl graffiti on a mirror of the house that they were renting. She said he beat her up, he choked her, headbutted her, kicked her on 14 different occasions. The judge said he accepted that 12 of those accounts were true. And Depp did admit to taking what he called humongous amounts of cocaine and spending as much as $30,000 a month on red wine. But he dismissed allegations of wife beating as a hoax that caused irreparable damage to his career. 
I was in Hollywood at the time and it was all anyone could speak about. Depp lost that libel claim. The High Court judge found that, you know, on the balance of probabilities, it was substantially true that, that Depp was a wife beater. After he lost the libel case, he agreed to a rare interview with Jonathan Dean, who's guide number two today. You've heard from him already. This was part of the publicity for his film, Minamata. I got off the, the possibility of an interview with him at some point before we'd even heard of coronavirus. And like, we knew he'd been called a white beater. Yes, we knew that like he was becoming a persona non grata to his end, but he was still at that point in Fantastic Beasts. He was still making movies. And then I spoke to him in August 2021. It was about a year after I'd seen him at the High Court. And um, the only stipulations that we had about speaking to him were that we couldn't directly address Amber Heard or the trial, which is fair because the trial was going on. I mean, that's something you can't really like disagree with. I do wonder if I can ask about your own perception of him. He was relaxed. He was slightly removed, ever so slightly distant, but he wasn't not chatty. That's the thing. He had no qualms in a way about being talked to about stuff. And I, as one does, like sort of was looking for sneaky ways in to talk about the stuff that we weren't maybe meant to be talking about. And he could obviously see that bait kind of coming a mile off, but he was fine with it and he kind of went with it and he wanted to talk about it. And then he launched into this quote about how Hollywood had boycotted him. And I, it struck me that like he was using this because he, I think he does feel aggrieved. He feels wronged and he wants to kind of get that opinion out there in a way that, you know, isn't on social media. Was he actually being boycotted by Hollywood? Was that what was happening and what happened thereafter? Once the High Court trial had finished, Warner's asked him to essentially step down from Fantastic Beasts, and he did. So that, that was that. Minamata was before the trial, so that was, you know, nothing really to do with this. So he hasn't done stuff since. But then there's been the trial, and there's been a pandemic. So you sort of go, yes, I mean, now things are up and running, and they're, you know, filming incredibly fast. So his career at the moment is definitely in stasis. But I, I don't believe in, in any way that it's the end of it at all. So Johnny Depp loses his libel case against the Sun newspaper in 2020. But that was far from the end of the real-life courtroom drama. Fast forward two years and a different newspaper article is now at the centre of a new legal battle, this time in the United States. The action this time is based on a 2018 article in the Washington Post that Amber Heard wrote. We're listening to Kieran Southern again. She claimed to be a victim of domestic violence and said she'd become the public face of, of, of abuse. Depp was never mentioned by name in this piece, but he said it clearly targeted him and he sued for $50 million dollars. Amber Heard has since countersued for $100 million, claiming she was defamed by Depp's lawyers who, who said, you know, it was all a hoax. What are some of the key moments? What have been some of the revelations that stick with us and stick with you? Depp has, he sort of painted himself as, as this artist who never wanted fame and fortune. He's been quite frank about his drug and drink addictions. You know, he said he's he done too much in the past. He was addicted to, to 
powerful painkillers. He's admitted to taking lots of recreational drugs. Some of the more powerful moments of Depp's testimony, he's looked back on childhood abuse. He said his mother was, was physically, verbally abusive. She was very unpredictable. She was quite violent and she was quite cruel. The only thing that one could do, really, um, was to try to stay out of the line of fire. He actually physically reenacted um, a suicide attempt by his mother. That was early on in his testimony. He's really tried to depict himself as totally the victim here. You know, he said he'd never once got violent with a partner. Never did I myself reach the point of um, uh, striking Miss Heard in any way. Definitely me receiving a, a roundhouse uh, punch from Miss Heard. He, he's tried to portray Heard as 100% the aggressor, so she's manipulative and, and she was sort of the root of all their problems. He's even said rather that she drove him to relapse at different times while he was trying to, to, to get clean. When Amber Heard took to the stand, she sort of really stressed the, the gap between the two, certainly financially. You know, she said Depp had all these houses. He had a private island in the Bahamas while she was still renting the top floor of a condo. When I was around Johnny, I felt like the most beautiful person in the whole world. I mean, I remember he took the foil off of the off of this uh, bottle and put it on my ring finger. And I had only been with him like days, you know, or maybe, maybe it was weeks at the time. Yeah, it was probably about a few weeks, but it just felt very intense. She sort of painted herself as hopelessly in love with this man and so in love that she didn't see the warning signs that even when he began getting physically violent with her, she, she thought, you know, he's the love of my life. How can I leave him? We've had competing narratives from the same incidents. One of those was a now infamous private flight from Boston to Los Angeles in May 2014. Heard is alleged that on that flight, Depp was high on drugs and, and was drunk. I was looking out of the window and he slaps my face. And his friend is in our proximity. My back is turned to him and I feel this boot in my back. He just kicked me in the back. When he gave testimony about that incident, he said she was being verbally abusive to him. So he escaped and locked himself in the bathroom for the duration of the flight and was never violent. She was looking for a fight, actively searching for a way to instigate a fight with me. Um, she would verbally heckle, hassle, accuse, uh, poke, prod physically, you know, poke, poke and prod psychologically, emotionally. A similar incident was in Australia in March 2015, where Depp was filming the fifth pilot of the Caribbean movie. 
and there was a larger bottle of vodka, the kind with the handle, you know, on it. Mazurk was flinging insults uh, left, right, and center, and she then grabbed that bottle. And, uh, and threw that at me. I honestly didn't, I didn't feel the pain at first at all. I felt no pain whatsoever. Then I looked down and realized that the, the, the tip of my finger had been severed. Heard denied this and then she made really serious and harrowing allegations that Depp sexually assaulted her during that incident. It was quite difficult to listen to. Heard was speaking through sobs. She almost completely broke down on the stand. He had a broken bottle uh, up against my face, neck area by my jawline and he told me he'd carve up my face. Um, my nightgown came completely off. It was ripped off of me. So I was naked. God. I when I the, the next thing I remember, I always bent over um, backwards on the bar, meaning my chest was up. I was staring at the blue lights, and my chest was on this my back was on the countertops and I thought he was punching me I thought he was I'm sorry the rest of Heard's account was quite overwhelmingly distressing and so we've decided not to include it she went on to claim Depp had sexually assaulted her with a bottle so we have seen these, these, you know, contradictory accounts from from both, and it'll be up to the jury to decide who is ultimately telling the truth. Coming up, who are the fans? Why are they all tuning in? And what's the attraction for people who, perhaps until now, didn't particularly care about Johnny Depp? But first, I'm Emma Tucker editor of the Sunday Times. It's thanks to listeners like you that we're able to provide journalism that matters. Get to the heart of the story every day with the Times and the Sunday Times. Subscribe today and enjoy one month free. Visit thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We've been hearing from the US West Coast correspondent for The Times, Kieran Southern, which might seem a bit odd, I admit, considering the trial is over 4,000 kilometres away in Virginia, on the east coast of the US. 
But like thousands of others, Kieran's been watching proceedings on one of the many available online live streams, which is broadcasting from inside the courtroom. It's a peculiarity of, of the American system, of course. In the UK, camera's not allowed in the precincts of the court, but that's never been an issue in America where the rules are nowhere near as, as, as tight. Older listeners may remember the O.J. Simpson trial as far back in the 1990s, which was really perhaps the first big example of this. It makes no sense. It doesn't fit. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. And it has allowed us this really bizarre spectacle of two Hollywood stars delivering really at times harrowing testimony from the witness stand. My own interaction with it is through clips that people tweet online, you know, either for or against Depp or Heard, and people are taking sides. How do you feel about the way that these two are playing out this quite awful courtroom, real-life drama in such a way as to feed that fandom? Because that's what's happening. It's what TV has essentially been doing for the last 20 years anyway. It's, it's just reality TV. This is Jonathan Dean again, who's been tuning in from the UK. What's become really big in television is kind of like looking behind the doors into their lives, looking at how people live, especially when they're rich and famous. I think it's just something that the world has become hooked to. When you get somebody like Depp, who is clearly significantly more famous than anyone who has volunteered to have like cameras put into their homes. I understand it. I kind of don't think it's rocket science. It's like how celebrity has been going for 20 or so years. So here they are being beamed onto our small screens and our mobile phones all over the world. Perhaps that explains, to some extent at least, the scenes that we are experiencing around the court as well, in that fans, probably particularly of Johnny Depp, are there. Can you just describe to us what it is like outside the courtroom? Lots of fans outside. The majority of them are Depp fans. Team Johnny, Team Johnny 100%. It, it is absolutely, this is the closest thing I think I will ever get to meeting a celebrity. Anything she can say that would change your opinion? Um, honestly, no. There's nothing anybody can say to no. change. Fine. Really? Johnny, all the way. He inspires us all to be better people. It's not every day you see alpacas, and it's not every day you see alpacas in front of a courthouse. What brings you here today? Justice for Johnny. We're here supporting. The been fans flying in from as far afield as Australia to support Depp. I've spoken to a couple of super fans from the US who are, you know, have taken all their annual leave for the year to go and support him, jetting between California and Virginia, Texas and Virginia. Some have heard too, um, but it, I think it's another indication that this is no ordinary case. Now, it's worth remembering that this is effectively Johnny Depp's second series of his courtroom reality show. During the Sun case in London, support from his devoted, obsessive fans was equally as ferocious, as Jonathan recalls. It, it was a very strange event. He arrived in, in a car at the front entrance of the High Court and, you know, paused for the fans, paused for the photographers, and then sort of strode in confidently. And there were lots of his fans around there cheering him on. And then Amber would go in the side entrance. And it was there that I met one of his fans who were there to kind of essentially harass her. And they were shouting at her to like die and stuff like that. Um, it really opened my eyes to kind of this blinkered fandom, which he was using because he knew that he had the support. And it's like she knew that she was losing the fan battle. So that's why she snuck in the side. 
Now remember, Jonathan's exclusive interview with Depp for the Sunday Times, well, after that interview, Jonathan experienced for himself the vitriolic passion of Depp supporters after it was published. I came on Twitter for about a week. My Twitter account was like was unusable because of the abuse that I was getting from his fans. They go back into overall screenshots, they they go into internet archives to, to find things that you said, even if you deleted them or, or or whatever. They basically like they spend a lot of time to try and humiliate you. So you, you yeah, but you just have to take it. I mean, I thought I wrote a, a relatively balanced piece, but like that's not how they see it. They just see him as perfect and as and having done absolutely nothing wrong, so there's no argument at all. Oh, some of it, certainly online, is absolutely horrific. For example, when Amber Heard was delivering quite harrowing testimony, the chat rooms on one of the online streams was filled with people, the, these accounts, accusing her of lying, accusing her of making it up, saying some quite horrific stuff that I won't, won't repeat here, um, but... All the studies, people have been studying this and, and measuring the, the social media activity and the vast majority of it is apparently Depp fans abusing Amber Heard. TikTok has emerged as the sort of real battleground from what I've, I've seen. Hashtags in support of Johnny Depp on TikTok have had billions, billions of views, whereas hashtags in favour of Amber Heard haven't had nearly as many Using as you say, people have been packaging up moments from the trial. One of the more popular ones that I saw was a, a compilation video of, of Depp's witty um, responses to Heard's lawyers. I've also seen packaged up videos of, of moments of Heard where she's been caught off guard and people are saying, well, one minute she's crying and the next she's smiling. You know, is, is this all fake? But again, that, that's Depp's fans who are, who are putting that out there. So then from today, the 16th of May, Amber Heard will continue her testimony and be cross-examined by Depp's lawyers. Her expert witnesses will be brought in and then the jury will deliver their verdict. As you reflect on where we are at so far, are they in so deep, the two of them, in this fight against each other that they, they kind of are getting to the point of having really nothing left to lose? Yeah, I've spoken to dozens and dozens of, of publicists in Hollywood about this and everyone said Depp bringing this action was the wrong thing to do. I think he did have a sense after losing in London that he did have nothing left to lose. And Amber Heard, she didn't really have a choice after being sued because she couldn't settle. You know, She said she's a victim of, of domestic abuse. Johnny Depp would not. If they were to settle this case before the trial... Johnny Depp would have wanted Amber here to completely recant. Obviously, there's no way that she is going to do that. But this has just been such an exercise in mudslinging that I think it will take a very long time for, for both parties to sort of be free of it, if they ever are. Whatever the outcome of this trial, for two of Hollywood's most notable, perhaps even now notorious stars, is it really the public's reaction that's ultimately going to decide their future? She had a big career ahead of her and this has besmirched her a bit and it's not her fault. She was a promising young actress, but now she's not really going to be known for that anymore. And it's the end of, of her career as well. And I think probably more focus should be made on that because, you know, at the moment it's very much treated almost like the Depp 
trial. But I think that's partly because the debt plans have made it like that. Is there any feeling with that in mind that Hollywood and perhaps the public at large has a lot still to consider here? We've spoken in the past a great detail about Me Too, about Harvey Weinstein. In terms of redemption and the support that celebrities get, are we actually still in a, in a bit of a rough place when it comes to forgiving, forgetting and, and moving on even too quickly, perhaps? So I think it'll be different, obviously, on a case-by-case basis. With Depp, you'll have the people who don't know the trials going on and just like Johnny Depp, you have his fans who will back him in anything. You've got the international market, which is bigger than ever, and like Depp's name will sell that to people who are all over the world who have really no idea this going on. So I think blockbuster-wise, it will take a few years. I think studios with massive shareholders and they're more worried about having somebody who's perceived in any walk of life as toxic. Whereas I think if you're a smaller movie who frankly just needs some money to get made, they will latch on to debt within the next like three weeks because they know it will get seen and they know that his name can get them funding. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Callum MacDonald, and my guests, West Coast correspondent at The Times, Kieran Southern, and senior writer for Sunday Times Culture, Jonathan Dean. You can read more of Kieran and Jonathan's work at thetimes.co.uk, or of course, in print. The producers were Sam Chantarasak and Brenna Doldorf. The executive producer is Kate Ford, and sound design was by Tom Burchill. If you have a story you think we should be covering, if you've got any ideas for a future episode, or indeed your own thoughts and reflections on what you've just heard, then send us an email. The email address is storiesofourtimes at thetimes.co.uk. I'll see you again soon. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra hydrating body care features two of Osea's best. Sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed powered heroes use skincare level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.